The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a great hour for you as we're going to be joined in about 15 minutes by Kobe Dan. He is the host over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of the College Experience. And as you can imagine, we're probably going to be talking a little bit of college basketball with him. But on top of that, he does a great job taking a look at the XFL. We're going to get his thoughts from week ones, perhaps some betting angles to take a look at as well as we still do have football in our lives. Not necessarily the football that we are accustomed to, but you know what? I liked what I saw from the XFL in week number one. It feels like this iteration of the XFL a little bit better than last one. I still think that we should go back to guys fighting for the ball at midfield instead of a kickoff and things of that nature like we had the first time around. But that said, I think that those in favor of player safety are not going to be voting for that. And, well, rightfully so. But that said, I I liked what I saw over the weekend. And we're going to be talking about that with Kobe. We're going to be breaking down some college basketball games and having a good time with it. And, When it comes to college basketball, we've always got some Big 12 games in terms of college basketball that go down on Big Monday, and this one is an intriguing one. 865-866 on the board. It is West Virginia. They're going to be playing us at Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are a five-point underdog, and your total is between 143 and 143.5. I did set my number more on a a 3.5. I do think that Oklahoma State going to give a better effort on defense than they did over the weekend, where... They gave up 100 points to TCU. TCU came out a little bit in flamethrower mode in that game. I don't think that West Virginia is necessarily going to be able to duplicate that. And for West Virginia, this team comes and goes with Eric Stevenson. Eric Stevenson has been all over the place with his scoring. He had three straight games of double figures before he got out to 25-plus in the game on Saturday. Prior to that, he had scored 48 games points in the previous two games before his three single-digit clunkers. Guy's been all over the place with his scoring, averaging about 14 points per game. Shoots about 38.5% from three. Trey Mitchell also shoots about 38.5% from three-point range. He's able to chip in there 12-plus points, 5-plus rebounds per game. But for West Virginia, I just don't think that they're going to be able to hold up on the glass against Oklahoma State. Musa Cisse is now back at the fold. He's been able to give the team 6-plus rebounds in four of his last five games. Caleb Boone He's done a good job being able to chip in there a block, five and a half rebounds per game. And 
for Oklahoma State. They certainly have been struggling a little bit ever since the loss of Avery Anderson, but they actually do have some good three-point shooting as you've got a pair of guys in Bryce Thompson along John Michael Wright. Michael Wright, a transfer that comes in from the Big South. These two guys combined to shoot about 37 to 38% from three-point range or combined to give you 21.5 points per game. So I do like what they're able to bring to the table. It is an Oklahoma State team that certainly is going to have a leg up on defense, 27th of the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. A little bit of a disclaimer, they do give up 10.7 points more per one hour possessions when they're in a roadside shoot record environment rather than when they are at home, but still a pretty rock-solid team. Meanwhile, you've got a West Virginia team that's right around 140th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but West Virginia certainly has been having some of their struggles recently on offense, and it just really is a case where when Eric Stevenson is firing all cylinders, he's able to give you a good day. It's going to be a good day for the West Virginia offense. If he's not doing so, if he's being held down, and in a lot of these cases, if he's in foul trouble, it's going to be a little bit of a less than savory day. As for West Virginia, they've scored 72 points for fear in each other previous three games. Meanwhile, prior to that, they had gotten past 76 points in pretty much four of their last five. So they've been very hot and cold with that respect. Meanwhile, for Oklahoma State, they're a mid-tempo team that I think is going to be looking to really get back to that defensive effort that they were able to show prior to that game against CCU. And I do think that they're going to be able to do so because I do think that they win the battle down low. Other than Trey Mitchell, only other guy for West Virginia that really gives you north of four and a half rebounds per game, that'd be Jimmy Bell. You do have some good facilitation in Joe Toussaint, along with Kadrian Johnson, who combined for six assists per game. Both guys give you between 10 to 10 and a half points per game, but you really don't have a ton of outside shooting out of those two guys, and that should be able to keep Oklahoma State very lively in this game. I do think that Oklahoma State is going to be able to slow this game down, win the battle on the glass, which is why it made them just a three and a half point underdog, despite the fact that they have to go to Morgantown. So we'll take the points with Oklahoma State. Semi total 139 and a half. I think that Oklahoma State does a good job of being able to win the battle on the glass. So take a look at the under, and I'm going to be willing to take the points with Oklahoma State. We've got a game out there in the Big Ten, and well, I can't necessarily say that it's the most competitive game in the Big Ten. I believe that this is the game that was supposed to happen, and then Minnesota was dealing with some COVID issues, so now we've got it here on this Monday, and hey, you know what? I'm all in favor of it. We get those 100 million billion games on Saturday. Give Mondays a little bit of love. Give Mondays a little bit more action for us. 871, 872 on the board. Illinois is going to be playing us in Minnesota. Minnesota, a 14 and a half to a 15 point underdog, and your total is between 135 and 135 and a half. The one thing that does make this game a little bit tricky for Illinois is that T.J. Shannon is currently in concussion protocol. He missed the last game against Indiana on Saturday. I would assume that just with it being concussion protocol that it's a little bit of a long shot that he plays in this game. I had to roll him out of the fold because with T.J. Shannon, I would make Illinois a full 20-point favorite. Without him, I had to lower this a little bit closer to 18 points, but still, even without him, they should just decimate a Minnesota team that's gotten past the 70-point plateau once here in the calendar year of 2023. And for Minnesota, they do get back Dawson Garcia, and he's been solid. He put up, I believe it was 27 points, and that loss against Penn State has been the team's top scorer, has been the team's top rebounder. He does it all. And you do have someone in Taylon Cooper. I'd say we'll give you about 10.5 points. He chips in there, 5.5 assists, gives you a block, gives you a steal, shoots over 40% for three. Minnesota as a whole, though, She's below 31% from three. They shoot 69% at the free line with 13 turnovers per game, despite being a bottom 125 team in terms of possessions per game, and they rank outside the top 200 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. That's a whole lot of bad. Meanwhile, you've got an Illinois team that they do a tremendous job with their defense when they're at home. They've got some very demonstrative home and road splits with their defense. Overall, for the season, they are 14th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but... You take a look at them at home, and they're giving up 18.8 points fewer per one-hour possessions rather than in a roadside shoot record environment. And they do a solid job of having just good balance rebounding in general. As you take Terrence Shannon out of the fold, and you still have three different guys that all give you between 5.2 and 6.5 rebounds per game. Coleman Hawkins, who has good versatility, 9.5 points, 3 assists, 6.5 rebounds per game. You've got Matthew Meyer, who has really been able to come on for the team. I'll give you a little bit more on that in a second. And then Dane Danger, who's been able to give you 10.5 points, 
right around 5.9 rebounds per game, and it really has been a nice renaissance for Matthew Meyer. You take a look at the team's loss that they had against Indiana over the weekend. He had 24 big points in that one, and in the month of November, he was just giving the team a big giant nothing burger. He really wasn't able to give you much of anything, but if you take a look, ever since the team had that game against Texas where they were playing, I believe that was an MSG, ever since then, he has been able to give the team a double-figure amount of points in all but three of those games. That would be 17 games in total, so he's done a nice job to be able to emerge for this team after a rough start to the season. He's been able to pick it up. He's six foot nine, shooting overall for the season, about 37.5% from three-point range. He's able to give you right around five to five and a half rebounds per contest, so he's done a great job with that respect, and Illinois has responded very well. You've got someone like a Jaden Epps who's able to give you nine and a half points per game, so it is an Illinois team that continues to ascend. Meanwhile, for Minnesota, you're going to have to match up with Meyer with having someone like a Jamison Battle doing a solid job, giving you right around 11 points per game. But Minnesota, just more than anything else, they just don't have depth. And that is the biggest thing for them because the big giant fall-off that you have from your really top three players in Jamison Battle, Dawson Garcia, throwing their table on Cooper to the rest of the team is one of the biggest that you're going to find at a power conference in all of college basketball. And you have to go up against a guy in Meyer who in the last 18 games gives you 15 points, shooting over 40% from three-point range. Just a rough matchup in general for this Minnesota team. I did set Illinois as an 18-point favorite. They have been so much better with their defense when they've been at home rather than on the road. So I'm going to be willing to lay this number. And in terms of the total, I did set it at a 134 as a result as well. Minnesota just really lacking scoring options, and they really don't play with a lot of tempo in general as well. So a spot where I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be willing to lay the number with Minnesota. How about if we take a look at a game as out there in the low to mid-major ranks as well, as I do think that this one is very intriguing, as you've got 3-6-5-0-1, It's South Carolina State. They're hitting the road. They're facing off against Delaware State and Delaware State between a pick-up to a one-point favorite, and your total, it is 146-F, and for Delaware State, they have lost four out of their last five games, but the effort that you've been getting out of this team recently, as opposed to at the beginning of the season, is really night and day. And now they've got back the fold, their top scorer, as, I mean, they were really dealing with some injuries towards the beginning part of the season. Now they're getting back in the fold, the guy that they need to rely upon. And six foot eleven, Brandon Stone, he comes in for Robert Morris. He's been able to give the team a little bit over 11 points. He's able to shoot about 30% from three-point range as a six foot eleven, little bit of a do-it-all combo player. And for Delaware State, certainly has been a little bit of a less than savory year for them. But hey, you know what? In games in which Brandon Stone plays in, they're now three and four in their last seven, which that doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot. But this was a Delaware State team that was just one of the absolute dregs of all of college basketball. And now they go up against a South Carolina State team that is 361st out of 363 teams in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Now, the last time these two teams played, the game went over, but it only went over due to overtime. It was 71-71 to going into overtime. Delaware State out of conference was one of the slower teams in all of college basketball. I think that they get their tempo, being able to get Stone back in the fold with his five rebounds per game. Martez Robinson being very versatile, 10.5 points, five rebounds, 2.5 assists per game. That should allow Delaware State to be able to control this game against the South Carolina State bunch that really has no rebounding. I'm willing to lay the number with Delaware State, set them as a three-point favorite. And looking at the under and coming up next, we're looking at more college basketball with our good friend Kobe Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sports fans, as the football season comes to an end, and we're on cleaning up the XFL season begins, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your place to be for basketball and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every odd boost in line. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and so much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today. It's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Eason, the Sports Betting Network, and Kobe Dan, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, does the podcast The College Experiences joining me, which means that we've obviously got to be talking about some professional soccer out there in... Nah, I'm kidding, of course. We're going to be talking some college basketball here, though we are going to talk a little XFL with you on the flip side as well, but first things first... Let's take a look at the big games that we've got for Monday, and that's out there in the Big 12. Kansas versus TCU is a massive one. TCU currently a two-point favorite after opening up a one-point favorite with the total about 149.5. How do you view this game? Because no doubt Kansas is going to be out for revenge, but I think that Mike Miles and what he means to the TCU team is absolutely massive. I think that TCU honestly is one of the biggest sleeper teams at all of college basketball with a fully healthy Mike Miles. Yeah, I was on this show uh, a couple couple weeks back and uh, maybe a month ago, and I know you asked me about futures, and I said TCU, you know, and then Miles went down after that. They took some losses. I love TCU. I think TCU, when everyone's healthy, I do believe they're the best team in the country. Mike Miles provides a much-needed ingredient for them, his scoring and specifically his outside shooting. But they also got Eddie Lampkin back, and I think the health of both of those guys is key. They won by 23 at the Fog earlier this year. I still think that's the most impressive win of the whole college basketball season. And TCU is the better defensive team. Even la- go back last year when they weren't as good as a scoring team as this year or as old. Uh, they they gave Kansas a hard time in both their matchups. So I think TCU gets it done here and keeps their chances alive. You know, as we head to the end of the season here. Yep, we're in lockstep on this one. I don't want to be really laying anything more than two because it is a little bit of a wrench spot. But I'm on the two lay the two. That we are seeing right now. So glad that we're on the same page there. And then we've got the West Virginia versus Oklahoma State game. Total about 143, 143 and a half with West Virginia five-point favorite. I just don't know what we're going to get out of Eric Stevenson in this game. Because he's had in his last six performances, three where he's put up pretty much 20 plus points. And then in the other three, they've all been stinkers. He's been finding himself in a lot of fouling issues. And I do think that Oklahoma State, after they give up that 100 spot to TCU, they are going to come out with a little bit more of a defensive effort. And I think that this is going to be a spot where Oklahoma State is going to look to utilize their advantage down low 
I like Oklahoma State being able to get five here and a little bit of a bounce back spot. I'm not sure if you agree slash disagree, but I do think that Oklahoma State gets their style in this game. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, as much as I'm rooting for Bob Huggins to make the NCAA tournament because I, you know, tournament's better with it when Huggy Bear's in it. But I think Oklahoma State's the play here. I think they're the better team. They're four and six on the road, which I know you say, well, wait, that's a losing record in the Big Twelve. I'm actually impressed by that road record. And uh, coming off that bad loss, I know they have Avery Anderson out, but Caleb Boone, Bryce Thompson, Musa Cisse, the big man, it's too much. Uh, they have, they're the better defensive team. Surprisingly, I know Huggins known for his defense over the years, but Oklahoma State, the much better defensive team. I think they can cover it. I think they. I wouldn't be surprised if they won it outright in, in uh, Morgantown there. We are in agreement there as well. I also do like the under in this spot as well because West Virginia – Looking to play a little bit more of an offensive brand of basketball, but I, because I do think that CSA and company are going to be able to control things down low, I think that Oklahoma State is able to get their tempo as well. And then I know this one stands out to you with with Cal State Fullerton going on the road against UC Santa Barbara, and it's been a Santa Barbara team that's been out of sorts recently. They really got off to a nice start to the season with their defense. The defense, it has very much deteriorated recently, and when this team is not defending well, this UC Santa Barbara team is not firing all cylinders. Fullerton, meanwhile, they've given up 70 points or fewer in pretty much seven out of their last eight games. I like the way that they've been able to ascend. I don't like Fullerton outright, but being able to get five and a half to six, that's something that appeals to me. I like uh, this. Finally, we differ on one. I, <laughs> UC Santa Barbara, I got to catch them live. I think this team is actually, I think they're, they could be a dangerous team if they're able to get in, uh, into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, UC Irvine currently in first place, but they, that's part of my handicap here is Santa Barbara's in second place. They can't afford their one game back. And they, I don't know if you saw they had a fight uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, Andre Kelly sus was suspended. He's back. Uh, I love the guard, Josh Pierre St. Louis, uh, you know, coming, he, he went to high, played high school ball in, in uh, Jersey. The guy can play. I think they're the better team. I think they have to stay in the mix. And with, with Irvine hitting the road, even though it is a, a terrible uh, Cal Poly team, I think there's opportunity down the stretch for them to, to, to steal the one seed here. I'm going to lay the six with UC Santa Barbara. This place has been packed lately, too. And I'm so glad that you bring up UC Irvine as well because they have now been bet up to a 10 to 10 and a half point favorite against Cal Poly. And last time these two teams played, it was a one point game. Do I think it's going to be a one point game this time around on Cal Poly's home floor? No, but I think that we've got a little bit too lofty here. If for nothing else, Cal Poly just plays such a slow controlled style that it'll be able to keep this game within single digits just because it's going to be such a low possession game. Completely agree here. I, I just, if you would have asked me what's my next favorite player, probably would have been this. I do like Cal Poly. I know they lost. I know they lost 15 straight, and it sounds crazy to say, "Hey, let's take a team that's lost 15 straight." But they did only lose by one. They have familiarity with this UC Irvine team, and uh, I think they can. I think the number's too big. I, I think this is probably a little bit of a closer game. I do expect Irvine to still win it, but uh, I'll take the points all day there. Yep, I'm right there with you, and then. Are you going to be willing to take the points with this one? Louisville coming off of a rare triumph. They pulled off a win against Clemson, which if you're looking at teams that are going way, way down in terms of bracketology right now, Clemson exhibit A. But that said, with Louisville, they're between an 18 and a half to a 19-point underdog going on the road against Duke. Is Duke the better team in this game? Absolutely darn lootly, but I can't justify laying between 18 and a half and 19 with Duke. I do like what I'm seeing out of Derek Whitehead, but I think this number's a little bit overinflated, and for Louisville, they still stink, but at the very least, they stink a little bit less right now than they did at the beginning part of the season. Yeah, I mean, I was on Louisville uh, money line against against Clemson, and <laughs> I, I like the way they're playing. I, I mean, they're playing hard. I think if you're going to want to take a team that's this bad record-wise, you at least want to see that they're playing hard, and they are. And winning is contagious. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win this game. Duke's undefeated at Cameron Indoor, and obviously you know what type of uh, environment that really is. But I do think they're kind of count they're counting this one as a win. I was impressed. Uh, you know, J.J. Trainer had a huge game against, uh, against Clemson. I, I think they can cover this big spread. I, I think if I have to, definitely give me the team that just won a, a big game and, and, and seemed to be building a little bit of, a little bit of a foundation now. Yep, we're in agreement on that one. And then when it comes to the other game that involves power conferences that has a relatively large spread, that'd be Minnesota versus Illinois. I don't like the underdog as much in this one. You've got a Minnesota team that 
they just don't really have bodies right now. And I recognize that TJ Shannon is currently in concussion protocol, but I like the way that Matthew Meyer has been able to come on. It's an Illinois team that plays significantly better at home. And I think that you know as well as I do, Kobe, how much home court advantage means in the Big Ten. I'm going to lay the 14 and a half to 15 here with Illinois, with Minnesota just not being able to get to 70 in any of their games. Uh, you know, the Terrence Shannon thing is something I'm, I'm intrigued to see. You know, is, is he is a game-time decision? I don't understand this line. Shouldn't this be further back? I feel like if you're if I'm setting this, knowing the way Minnesota's just gotten destroyed on the road, I don't understand this line. And that's kind of my reason for taking Minnesota, is if they don't have Terrence Shannon, uh, yes, they played great at uh, in Bloomington and probably should have won that game. I don't know uh, how you feel about that, but I I just think maybe Minnesota can have some success against the inexperienced guard play without Shannon. So I'm going to take the 14 and a half. I don't love it, but I, I just feel like that line should have been like 17. So I'm like, why is it 14 and a half? It's maybe the Shannon injury. Maybe that's telling me he's not going to play. Give me the Gophers to to cover it. I don't love this play, but uh. I think they can cause some some problems if Shannon's out. Yep, with the Minnesota Gophers, they also get back Dawson Garcia, who's their top scorer, and had a nice game against Penn State as well. And Kobe, is there anything else on the card that is really standing out to you? Because we've got a lot of MEAC, we've got a lot of SWAC play as well, and a few games out there in the Big West. I, I mean, I like Hawaii at, at Bakersfield. I think Hawaii is a team that is I've been impressed with when I've watched them play. Uh, I, I just feel like they're a much better team and that Bakersfield team, not the greatest team, although that court, it can be a, can be a big <laughs> bit perplexing when you watch it. I, I really do think though, that Hawaii is, is a pretty darn good team. They're a top 40 team defensively. Uh, so I, I do like laying the points with Hawaii on the road there, even though that is a quote unquote far trip. Uh, but, uh, yeah, give me, give me Hawaii to beat Bakersfield. I'll cover the six there. Yeah, Ben, it's not like they just flew in last night or anything like that either. Hawaii arrived on the mainland over the weekend, and I do think that that plays a little bit of a factor in there as well. So I agree with you. I'm going to lay up to a six and a half with Hawaii. And with Kobe Dant coming up next, we are going to be talking a little bit of XFL. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Does a great job with college basketball, but also does a nice job taking a look at some pigskin. And we're going to be chatting about that next right here on the Great Peterson Experience. I'm Beeson, the Sports Bay Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to a daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN shows and guests, tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides on the biggest games of the season where our experts break down. Brackets, bets, bets, and daily props. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe today and sign up for just $9.99. That's at vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the Sports Bank Network. And if you miss any of the guest picks that are made as well from guests such as the one joining me right now, Kobe Dant, vsin.com slash picks for that as well. And Kobe, I know that along with your work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on the College Experience. You also host the XFL Podcast of you guys as well. And what did you make out of week number one of the XFL? Because it's certainly not going to be a league that I'm going to consume quite as much as the NFL just because there's fewer games, so it would be almost impossible. But I like the action that we saw. And you know what? Unlike a lot of these other ancillary football leagues, I feel like there's more big names in this league as well. Yeah, I, yeah, there are. Obviously, Josh Gordon, and, and I know Brett Hundley didn't play, but I know Vegas just got him. But I, I liked it, and I've always been a, a believer in, in spring football leagues just because uh, I feel like there's a very thin line. A lot of times, you know, your second or third string quarterbacks, they're with the team mainly because they can kind of be like an extra coach. I know, you know, Andy Reid would keep Doug Peterson, uh, you know, there. It, was he really, you know, the, the best, uh, you know, Six, a top 60 quarterback in the league? I don't know that he was, and you just keep that there for coaching. So I do think there's a lot of room. You saw it with the USFL and Cavante Turpin playing in the Pro Bowl this year 
in the NFL. So uh, uh, there's some good players in this league so, or in these leagues. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for this season. And, uh, yeah, XFL Gambling Podcast, please check it out and, and lo- love the matchups. Today's games were great. How about the, the two today came down to the final plays? Yeah, man, and three out of the four games that we saw in the XFL in week number one, they were all close. We had one blowout that happened on Saturday, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty good product, and just out of what you saw, is there a team or two that stood out to you that you think they might have a chance to really be able to take things over and be there when it's all said and done for the title? I think everyone's going to say Houston. I disagree because I think Houston played the worst team, the Orlando uh, Guardians, and I don't think they're very good. I think it's going to play out down the line here. But obviously they dominated the most in week one. I took a future on actually both teams that played in the final game. I bought a future on, on on the Seattle Sea Dragons and the D.C. Defenders mainly because I like the roster. And I think you saw the quarterback play, even though, Danucci made had three turnovers today. I expect him to get more and more familiar with June Jones's offense. And then DC has uh, De'Eric King and uh, I mean, actually they have three quarterbacks when you add in Eric Dungy, but then Jordan Tamu. Uh, I like the quarterback play in those two teams. And I think you saw today, and if you look at the stats, I think they're two of the better quarterback situations. Actually, well, Tamu struggled a little bit, but DC still got the win, and I think they'll continue. So I like both those teams as to me teams that could win it all. Yep, and I'm so glad that you're bringing that up because Paxton Lynch was a part of that buck kicking that we did see with the Roughnecks and the Guardians on Saturday. And, well, Paxton Lynch has never really had a great track record regardless of where he's went. And that's very interesting to take a look at because we've got openers out from Circa in terms of week two of the XFL. And the biggest spread that we've got right now is is Renegades versus Roughnecks. So Roughnecks, they opened up a three-point favorite. This is actually already moved, and it goes to show that Circus is already taking action. With regards to these XFL games, this is going to be the one for Sunday with the Roughnecks being a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you think that the move from three to three-and-a-half is a little bit too lofty on the Roughnecks, or do you think that they should be able to cover this number? No, I actually like the Renegades there. Once again, I think they're a little bit of like, obviously, I have nothing really bad to say about the, the, the Roughnecks because they dominated. But I think the Guardians are a really bad team. So I think, if anything, the Renegades, they struggled in the first half. They got it. Uh, but Bob Stoops made some great adjustments. I thought the second half, I thought Drew Plitt uh, looked all right at times. I know he struggled some, but I think he'll, he'll take another step forward in that offense, and I like the Renegades plus the points here just because I feel like the, the Roughnecks are getting more value than they probably deserve because I, I think the Guardians are the clear-cut worst team in this league. And the Guardians, in terms of the other game that we're going to be seeing on Sunday, they're a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home against the San Antonio Brahmas. San Antonio is currently coached by Heinz Ward. He was able to make his coaching debut, and I will say it was quite fascinating to see what we were get, able to get out of them because... They were up in that game against the Battlehawks, but then you saw things sort of implode on them towards the end of that game. What do you make out of the Brahmas sort of blowing that lead in the fourth quarter, and do you think that they're able to bounce back here against who you think is the worst team in the league? Oh, I love them on the bounce back spot, but I will say we have to learn how to gamble in this league because, you know, you, you got to think about converting the fourth and 15. The fact you can get a 3.2 conversion play, or two point uh, conversion, there's a three-point option. So, you know, it changes the way we look at it. We're, I think we're so programmed to look at the old football model of, oh, you know, six and they could go for one or two with all this stuff. And then even the onside kick rules, I think it kind of changes the dynamic because they, they dominated for about 58 minutes and somehow ended up on the losing side of things. Uh, but I like them to, to respond here, e- even though they got to go to Orlando. I, if anything, that's a nice little vacation. Uh, the Guardians look like a mess. Paxton Lynch, I, I was shocked that he got the starting nod. Then they had Dormandy, the former Tennessee kid, and, and he, he actually looked all right, but threw, threw a couple picks. Um, I was surprised it wasn't Fran- Francois, the, the old Florida State quarterback. So a bit perplexed on what's going over there. I, I like the Brahmas to respond and get the dub uh, against the Guardians in Orlando. Yep, and I think that that's something so big that you bring up, the fact that you can go for one, two, or three, the fact that you can... Go for it on 4th and 15 as pretty much an onside kick because the eight final scores that we saw in the XFL week number one, 20, 22, 12, 33, 18, 15, 18, and 22. What do those all have in common? It's not 
10, 17, 24. Well, you typically take a look at it in terms of sevens and threes. It was all very random. And my question to you with that in terms of betting this league, do you think that critical numbers are critical? Like, I take a look at the number going from three to three and a half in that Renegades game, and I don't think that it's as impactful as it would be in the NFL just because I do think that you could see a lot of these games land on, like, five. You could see some games land on four, things like that. A hundred percent. I mean, I think we're learning as we go. I mean, I was on the bad side of that Brahma's play today. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I got to start thinking more about how these l- numbers align and, and how that'll work out. I know June Jones, I think I read a, a comment of him saying that he's going to go for the three-pointer almost every time. So that that then changes your, your, your <laughs> every time you score and you're getting nine points per score or, you know, six points on the times you miss. It kind of changes the way we would handicap this thing, uh, but but yeah, I mean it's something I'm paying attention to, and uh, but but I think we'll we'll figure it out some. And I like if anything, I like the I was I was pretty spot on on the over underplay uh, for this weekend's action. Yep, and I know that you brought up June Jones. Do you give a little bit of a sock up to the Seattle Sea Dragons because they do have him currently as their coach and. He was a coach a first time around with the XFL back when they were trying to launch in 2020, and it feels like he's got a better grasp of the rules than darn near all these other coaches. Oh, yeah, and they were the better team tonight. They just they just threw two pick sixes, essentially. Well, I guess technically one, but the other one was returned to the five or six-yard line. Uh, I thought they were the flat-out better team, the best offensive team in this league. Now, they didn't, they didn't run the ball successfully, but then again, it's the run-and-shoot offense where they don't really commit to the run. I love them on Thursday. I think that's my favorite play. You look at St. Louis and Anthony Beck. They were stagnant for 58 minutes. They got very, very lucky to get that win. Now, they made the right plays to get that dub, but uh, Thursday night in Seattle, and here's another thing, and I don't know. I'm curious how this will work out because they're at a hub. All these teams are in Arlington, Texas. I know I know they're playing the home games at the, the, the cities that their teams are loca- you know, uh, titled, but they're 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 staying in a hotel in Arlington, Texas. This game is going to be in Se- uh, Seattle on th- Thursday, and they're calling for a high of 35 degrees that day. I wonder who that impacts. Does it impact the run and shoot team, or does it pick? You know, St. Louis played in the dome last week. Seattle played in D.C. Does that favor Seattle? Regardless, I think Seattle is just going to put it on St. Louis because uh, I I just think Seattle's probably the best team, and and and. I think people should buy futures because I imagine their their future odds got worse with them losing in D.C. Uh, I think Seattle's still, I think, a team that, that, that will be doing a lot of damage in this league. I, I love laying the two here, and I like the over as well. And you bring up such a great point about these teams sort of being centralized in that hub as well because typically you think, oh, they're practicing in these cold weathers and everything like that. Well, not the case for Seattle. So I think that that is something excellent that you bring up. And Kobe, you're doing a great job with the XFL. You're doing amazing work. Taking a look at college basketball over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Kobe Dant does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And it's been really nice to be able to watch the XFL. But it is also very nice. Monday college basketball. I give you guys my DK and H pick for the hardwood next here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. It is the Greg Peterson experience. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sports fans, the football season has wrapped up, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your place to be for basketball and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First School Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get. Weekly pro basketball bet and get, and so much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today, as it is a whole new game. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Esports Betting Network. Always great to have Kobe Dantaboard, does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I'll give you a little bit of a programming note here, as we are going to be having coming up after myself, follow the money at 4 a.m. Pacific Time, 7 a.m. Eastern, if you're listening live. We're going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson experience before that comes, but it's a little bit of a VEASAN prime time takeover on Follow the Money, as looks like we've got Tim Murray and Sean King who are going to be aboard. So they're going to be taking you through everything that we saw over the weekend, all the rambunctious action out there on the hardwood, everything from the XFL. Those two guys do absolutely tremendous work, so they're going to fill in admirably for Mitch Moss and Paul Howard enjoying some good time off that they deserve for all the hard work that they did during the NFL season. So you've got that on tap. And on tap right now is taking a look at some college basketballs. We've got to try to make you guys some money for this Monday. So let's go into the DK Nation pick that we're going to be writing up. And it is going to be on a total as we go 869, 870 on the betting board. You've got TCU playing against Kansas. Kansas is a underdog of two points. They actually opened up as a one-point underdog. And we've seen a very small drop on the total. This opened up at 150. It is now 149.5. And by write-up, that is going to be on the under. I did set my total more around at 142.5. If you take a look at the first time these two teams met, it was an 80 to or an 83 to 60 final, in which TCU did a very good job of being able to generate some turnovers. And really both of these teams were able to do so as you had a combined 32 turnovers in this game, and I do think that you're going to be seeing something very similar. TCU is a bunch that ranks 20th in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis, and Kansas, they are 61st in the country. The first time these two teams met, that was in very late January, a game in which TCU held a double-digit lead for the final 31 minutes and 55 seconds of regulation I don't think it's going to be quite that dominant, but you do have a TCU team that they very much are up to the task with regards to their defense. 20th in the country turns points allowed on a per-possession basis, but with this Kansas team, I think that they're going to be able to do a better job defensively this time around as well. It is a Kansas team that they travel very well. They rank overall for the season, 49th in the country turns points allowed on a per-possession basis, but they only lost six-tenths of a point more per 100 possessions in a road slash neutral court environment than they do at home. That defensive efficiency number is 24th in all of college basketball. And got a TCU team that they just flat out can't shoot. First time these two teams met in January, TCU went 8 of 15 from three-point range. They shoot 29.2% from three-point range as a collective. That's 353rd in all of college basketball. Now, Mike Miles returning to the fold, that is big for the CCU team. He is their top scorer. He gives them a little bit of pop from the outside, and he just is really the guy that they look to late in games for TCU. They won one game while Mike Miles was out the fold. I believe that he was banged up or completely missed five games in total. So being able to get him back was big. And they are coming off of scoring 
100 points in their previous game at Oklahoma State, which is why I do think that this total is a little bit more elevated. The first time around, this total was closer to 146-146.5. Now we're seeing it more around 149.5, which I think that that's a little bit too much of a spike. You've got a Kansas team that's going to be very much relying upon Jalen Wilson. He's been able to give the team 20 points, 8 rebounds per contest. Shoots well from 3-point range, but Kansas really does a good job as a whole. You've got Kevin McCullough, give you 10.5 points, 7.5 boards, 2.5 assists, nearly 2.5 seals per game. He's a good set sheet suffer. KJ Adams is able to give you a little bit over 10 points per contest, and they really need Dewan Harris to give them some scoring. Does a good job with his facilitation with right around 6 assists per game, but you can tell that when he's able to give you even just like seven, eight points, something around there, as opposed to when he gives you just a two to four point stinker that this Kansas team operates very differently. I do think that TCU going to be able to do a solid job with their defense, especially due to the fact that they've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Eddie Lampkin. I know that our good friend Kobe Dan pointed that out when he joined me about 30 or so minutes ago discussing this game. He's been able to do a nice job down low. He's able to give you Right around six rebounds per game. TCU, one of the best offensive rebound rate teams in all of college basketball. I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job on the glass. Kansas is going to be out for revenge. I just don't think that they're going to be able to get it because I think that Mike Miles is one of the most impactful players to his respective team in all of college basketball. He impacts things on offense, but he's also a tremendous offender as well, which is by my DK Nation write-up. That is going to be on the under in the spot. Somebody told 142 and a half and but TCU did make them a two and a half point favorite as well. I'm willing to lay the deuce and my write up that is going to be on this total under. We've got a relatively entertaining day of college basketball on Monday. And this is one that I was seizing a little bit before, but I do think that there's a okay chance that we could see Maryland Eastern Shore be able to make the NCAA tournament. And they are up on the betting board at 306-507-306-508. The Shore, Maryland Eastern Shore, plays us to NC Central. Pick them game, total on this game. In between 135.5 and 136. And I did make Maryland Eastern Shore my 1.5 point favorite in this spot. I'm going to be taking a look at them. Well, Maryland Eastern Shore does a very good job of being able to force steals. This team does a great job with having six different guys that generate at least 1.1 steals per contest. And both of these teams are relatively similar with their overall raw defensive metrics. We've got a Maryland Eastern Shore team that's about 145th in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis now. NC Central is actually 86th in the country, but with NC Central, you've got a buyer beware for them on the road. They give up 18.2 points more per 100 possessions when they are away from home. That is a big, giant issue now. They've got one of the most delicious names in all of college basketball, Brendan Medley Bacon, who's been able to give you at least 17 points in three out of the last four games. He's been able to chip in there. Two and a half blocks per game in that span as well. He is someone that is a true seven-footer. Began his career at Compensate, and he's been able to do a rock-solid job on that front. You've also got Chris Monroe, who's able to give you about six rebounds per game. NC Central is going to be able to win the battle on glass because for Maryland Eastern Shore, they don't necessarily do a great job on the boards. They've only got one guy that gives you north of eight rebounds per game. That would be Nathaniel Pollard. But for Maryland Eastern Shore, they are creating a turnover on 26.3% of possessions when they're at home. The only team that has a higher turnover rate per possession at home this year is Iowa State. They do a really good job of being able to get after it. You've got so many guys like Kavion Voles. You're able to throw in there Dom Phillip that all give you a double-figure amount of points per game. It's a Maryland Eastern Shore team that does a rock-solid job on that front. Now, Justin Wright is going to be the best scorer in this game. He's on the side of NC Central. He's been able to give the team 15.5 points per game, shooting over 40% for three-point range. And then Eric Boone, he's able to give NC Central right around 2.3 steals per game as well. But I do like the way that Maryland Eastern Shore has really been able to mesh together. Jason Crafton has done an amazing job of being able to coach up this team. Some like a Chance Davis has been able to do a nice job of being able to give you some scoring as well. And you take a look at this Maryland Eastern Shore team, and they just do a really nice job of holding up at the point of attack with regards to their defense. It is a bunch that has now allowed 62 points or fewer in three of their last five games. I think that this is going to be a slow down, a little bit more of a grimy game. Both of these teams are two of the slowest out in the MEAC. So I did set my total at a 133.5. I'm going to be diving under in the spot, and I like the Shore. I'm willing to make them a 1.5 point favorite. How about if we take a look at a game that is going to be happening out there in the SWAC as well. 3 of 6, 5, 0, 9, 3 of 6, 5, 10. Alabama AM plays us to Florida AM. 
Florida A&M is a nine-point underdog with your total 127.5. Alabama A&M, I think, should be able to dominate this game. They've got a guy by the name of Olisa Blaze Okanobi. He's a seven-footer that comes in from Morehouse College, a D2 school. He's been a little bit banged up, but should be good to go in this game against a Florida A&M team that, I mean, I just wish I could say anything nice about them, but in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis, they are one of the worst teams at all of college basketball. They turn the ball over 16 times per game despite being in the bottom 125. In terms of total possessions per game, they pair this up with being 292nd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and they are giving up 11.6 points more per one possessions in a roadside shoot record environment rather than when they are at home. So that's a little bit of an issue as well. You've got a Florida A&M team that only has one guy that's able to give you a double-figure amount of points. Jalen Bates is the only guy that is able to give you really north of 10 or really north of four rebounds per game as well. So you don't have much there. And when it comes to Alabama A&M, they do a good job with their backcourt. They bring in Messiah Thompson. He's a transfer from Campbell. He's been able to give you about 10 points, three assists per game. Very much needed for Alabama A&M. I'm going to be one to lay the number with Alabama A&M. And did some a total closer to a 128 and a half because Alabama A&M, top one team in terms of possessions per game. So looking at the over and that leads us into our pro tip for our number three, beeson.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. We found out from Kobe Dan, all these XFL teams are sort of based in a hub out in the great state of Texas. So that diminishes the amount of home field advantage that you should be awarding to these teams. And coming up next, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, follow the money right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network with Sean King and Tim Burke. This is Matt Brown from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you want some help betting golf, then VEASAN has the perfect podcast for you. It's called Long Shots. Each week, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin, and myself give you two episodes breaking down every aspect of that week's tournament to help you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.